you have to understand that Jesus is the only one who can repay us and can pick us from nothing to something. It doesn't matter how bad your past is when you are in the hands of the repairer. I want you to trust the repairer to repay you to suit his standard. So when things don't happen to you when you want it, it looks like the repairer is still repairing something. And some repairers spend more time repairing something and they don't even want to give it to the owner because they want to drive this thing and know if it is functional enough before they give it out. So some people who are not married yet, it's not because you're not beautiful. The repairer wants to ride you first. You get to get to the point where you tell God, I wanted to work on my life. I want to be better than how I used to be. I'm very sure I'm not bad beyond repair. And I think the church should stop condemning people who have done something bad because this is the house of the repairer. They didn't come here to be condemned. They came here to be walked on. Alright, let's be upside as we read God's word together. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1 to 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free. Somebody say I'm free. Somebody say I'm free. Make me free from the law of sin and death. Wow, what a freedom. What a big freedom. I need you to just read it again like you're free. One, to go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. You don't know how I feel anytime I mention that free. You don't know how I feel whenever I mention that free. You don't understand how I feel. I needed to sing it for the last time. Once to go, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus had made me free from the laws of sin and death. You may be seated in God's presence. I'll be preaching powerfully. On what I call them not too bad beyond repairs. I'm not too bad beyond repairs. Turn and tell your neighbor, I don't know how you look at me. Tell your neighbor, I don't know how you look at me. But I'm not too bad beyond repairs. Tell your neighbor, I don't know how you look at me. I don't even know if you are judging me. But the truth is that I'm not so bad beyond repairs. Tell somebody again, tell him the good news is that I'm in the repairer's house. Wow. Wow. All right, there is difference between city life and village life. There's a big difference between the two lives. God has put me through the two. I've been in a very typical village. 
that never had a bullet during the war. When there was Biafra-Nigeria war, I'm told that village, people used to run from other villages to come and hide there because it was like a, a city of refuge. And all the people who were fighting the war never thought a village like that exists. And I've been there. So I can tell you what it looks like to have a village life. By the grace of God also, I have also been in the city. So I also understand what it looks like to be in the city. And these two lives are different. That's why the first time you're going to Lagos, if you are not careful, you'll be robbed. Because there are people who can detect if you are just coming back from the village. And the more you are careful not to look like a village person, the more you reveal that you are just coming from the village. <laughs> so it's, just, it's just a very natural thing. The more you are careful not to make people know that you are from the village, the more you have just told everybody that you are from the village. The more you want to copy the town people, the more you reveal to them that you are not with them. So it shows very well. It shows very well. The more you want to speak like them, the more you reveal. It's even better to keep quiet and just cross your leg and sit down. And don't try to make any move until you understand the system. I was one day in Port Harcourt and then I started preaching newly. So all my preaching appointment to Port Harcourt was just from here to the park. From the park, they would come pick me to the hotel. From the hotel, I preached. So I never really stayed in Port Harcourt. I never really walked on the streets of Port Harcourt. I didn't know how Port Harcourt looks like. So one day, a guy came to me like this and stood in front of me and started smiling and asked me, are you in Port for the first time? I said, no, but yes. He said, what do you mean by no, but yes? He said, I've been coming, but I've not really stayed in Port Or sometimes we are going to Bayelsa and we pass and I wave at Port <laughs> And so the guy said, let me advise you. You know, in Port you have to be very, very careful this was slaughter. So you know what happens at slaughter. You have to be very, very careful. As I'm even talking to you now, somebody can be robbing you. The moment the guy said that, I became uncomfortable with the discussion. So I, I left the guy. The moment I left the guy, somebody's hand was already in my pocket. I didn't know the guy who was advising me way too. <laughs> One was robbing me and the other was advising me. So, so, so I'm trying to tell you that there's a difference between a village life and a city life. And one other time, I finished preaching for somebody at Port Harcourt. So somebody gave me an electronic Bible. Very nice. Then wasn't really a tap, but an electronic Bible. Very nice. You put a battery on it and go to any place. An electronic Bible. Very nice. He said a white woman gave it to him, so he gave it to me. So I was going... My back was already filled, so I just slid it, put it at the back, at the side of my back, and I was hanging it like this. And you know when you're hanging something, and you know something is there, so I was so careful. I was always looking at the thing. <laughs> so while I was looking and going, looking and going, till they collected the thing I didn't know. See, they collected the thing I didn't know. I don't know. I was brought up in a boarding school. You can get water. You know, sometimes the queue in the tap could be much that you say, okay, let me get my water in the night and keep it so that I can use it in the morning. So all of a sudden, when you wake up in the morning, your water has been taken. 
and you ask everybody and everybody looks innocent and you don't want to accuse anybody. So one day in our secondary school, you can actually say, okay, I want to catch who has been stealing my water and wait and fetch another water and keep it right beside you to check who has been stealing the water until they steal that one you won't know. <laughs> so when I discovered that this thing wasn't there again, the Bible wasn't there. So I went back, checked where I dropped from the bus, came down and to where I was standing. And I was imagining, how can it just disappear? Did this man take something from Juju Place to come and give to me? Come on, because I was still looking at it. And a young guy just came to me and said, have you missed anything? At this point, they have opened it and it is Bible. So it's not, it's not important to them. They won't be able to sell it very quick. So they said, have you lost anything? I said, yes, my, my electronic Bible. Say, eh. say, yes. If I give it to you, how much will you give it to me? I said, ah. <laughs> if I show you where it is. It's not, if I, give it to you, if I show you where it is, what will you give me? I said, ah, I'll just, I'll give you something. How much? I get 300 now. Put something. <laughs> okay, I get 340. Add something. I said, okay, take 350. So okay, follow me. So when I went to the place, there were just three of them sitting down, very innocent. And they said, Nain, get out. So one of them opened his trouser and removed it and gave it to me. I looked at them. I said, is this where you people stay? They said, yes. And I said, you people will continue to stay here. <laughs> it was a very bad prayer. But I've forgiven them now. So I've released them. They can leave the place and go to somewhere else. Have you seen an Akboro before? That was an Akboro when you were very young and you have traveled and come back. He's still there. <laughs> Most of them, it's somebody who told him you will continue to stay here. So there's a difference between a town life, a city life, and a village life. It's very, very simple. You have to understand that in city, we buy everything we need. We buy everything we need. And in city, city people like to get new things. They like to get new things. They buy everything they need. Why your uncle hasn't been able to come back is because he buys everything. He buys everything. Sometimes, if you want to have a new phone, keep some money during December. When a lot of people travel down and finish eating the money, they'll have no other option than to sell their phones very cheap so that they can pay their way back. Giving you wisdom now. So you buy everything when you're in the city. And not just that you buy everything that you need, but they always look for new things. When something gets spoiled, you look for something new. Those are the three things I can say about the city. When something gets spoiled, they throw it away. And when they throw it away, they just get a new one. City people don't even love to spend time to repay things. When it spoils, it's spoiled. But a village life is very different because in village, what you do is you plant what you need. You don't buy everything. If you need something, you plant it because you're always with a backyard. So if you want paper, you plant it. If you want, if you want a scent leaf, you plant it. Anything that you need, you just need to plant. If you don't plant it, you can get it. Apart from planting of all the things you need, in the village, we don't buy everything. So one of the things we do is that we can borrow something if we don't have. How many of you grew in the village that you've been asked to get salt from somebody who has salt at the neighborhood? 
if your mother comes back from market and she has forgotten to buy Maggi, he can just get it from somebody else who has Maggi. Sometimes you get Maggi from here, get salt from here, get pepe from the other side. And the whole soup that you are cooking is made of borrowed things. <laughs> borrowed fire. Were you born when people used to go and borrow fire? Yeah. Go and call it somebody fire. The day my father said, from today we are buying matches in this house was the day my grandmother told me, go and get fire from this house. So when I went, people said, oh, we've just off our fire, get it from this house. So I went, said, you will just off our fire, get it from the other house. We, went, we just finished, or just get it from there until I left one village to another village looking for fire. <laughs> so from that day, my father said, no getting of fire in this house, matches is five naira. Just get it. So... <laughs> So in village, we don't really buy everything. We can borrow whatever thing we don't have. And the last thing I would love to talk about village life is that in village life, we repay the things that spoils. We repay the things that are spoiled. Not now that civilization has really breached the gap between the city and the village, that you don't really see anything that is in Lagos that is not really here because of civilization. But in the olden days, what we do is that we have to repay the things that we have because we may not have the opportunity to buy them new again. So in village, villagers believe in repairs. And not just the repairs of radio and television, but we get into a point in life that we have to heap sleepers that cuts. I don't know if I'm talking about your house, but where I was growing, they will heap some sleepers that have cuts, and they will heap them. And when those guys, most of you were not born then, were you born when it wasn't the house people who were making shoes? It was the Ghanaian guys who used to move around and make shoes. Were you born then? Oh, you were not born. You guys are very young. <laughs> the guys who used to make shoes were Ghana guys who used to move around. So there weren't much. It wasn't the Fulanese that moved around. I don't know whether it was there in your area, but the Ghana guys used to repair the shoes. How many of you were around those days? All right. Still see some old people. You need to get married, Charlie. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so they will heap the things, and when the person comes in, they will deliver all our shoes for deliverance. Sometimes some of the shoes are too bad that they have to cut that round slipper something, they have to cut it and attach it on another shoe. Some shoes have one line brown, the other one is green. All of you have been in village, yeah? So you just wear like that. And sometimes one slipper is completely bad, but the other one is fine, so they give you two colors free of charge. You just wear two different colors. So in village, we believe in repairs, but sometimes our containers we use in fetching water from the stream can have a hole. And there are other guys who come and seal containers. And one of the things they do, oh my God, God is speaking to me. Some of the things they do is that they look for containers that are too bad, that you thought they were bad beyond repair. They said, oh, this one is bad beyond repair. So they use those ones, cut some of the parts in those ones, and amend those one. Have you heard what I'm saying? So most of the time it's like that. We repair everything. Sometimes you have patch your plastic, your rubber, you have patch here, patch top, patch down, patch middle, patch until sometimes when you're taking the water from the stream down to the house, it goes like <laughs> water is coming out here, water is coming out here, water is coming out. When you're passing by somebody, you have to tell the person sorry because water that is splashing here is insulting everybody around you. So you have to repay until they tell you this one is bad beyond repairs. 
where we read in Romans chapter 8, the Bible talks about now therefore there is no more condemnation to anyone who is in Christ Jesus. The word condemnation is gotten from condemn. And condemn means bad beyond repairs. So when something is bad beyond repairs, the only thing he can be used for is either the value is changed, what the thing was supposed to be used for is changed, that is a container, they can now cut the container, the other 20 liter side, that's how we used to hold, they cut it off and use it as a dustbin. Have you seen something like that before? So the value is changed because it is condemned or they commit the container to the flames. So two things happen to something that has been condemned. Either it changes its value or it is destroyed. And when I read this place of the scripture, Romans chapter 8 place, I discovered the role Jesus comes to play in our life. And this is what he tells us. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to anybody that is in Christ Jesus, which means if you have had something that is spoiled and you bring it to me, I can't tell you that it's too condemned, that you have to throw it away. How many of you are getting the message right now? I can't tell you that you're too bad for repairs. And let me go back to my introduction. Now, my introduction, I was talking to you about the city, and I was talking to you about the village. Well, the city can be equalized to heaven. We can call the heaven the city because in heaven, everything is new there. If you even want anything in heaven, everything is found there. If you want to get things there, the things that are there are new. In fact, the Bible says they are new every morning. And one of the things that happened over there is that everything that you need has already been provided. Another thing about there is that there is no repairs of things in heaven. When things are bad, it's thrown down. Okay, so heaven is the city, and this world that we are is the village. That's why when people die, and you try to bring them back to life and pray, the prayer becomes too hard because most of the people that you're praying for to come back home don't want to come back. I know one woman at you, anytime we preach about heaven, or I preach about heaven, she'll always come to me and tell me, man of God, I don't know how I can forgive this preacher. And I ask her, what about the preacher? She said she had died before. And when she died, she saw heaven. And angels were showing her places in heaven. But all of a sudden, an angel came to her as an emergency and told the other angels that they should allow her to go back because somebody's calling her name. So she didn't want to go. She held on the angel's clothes, struggle and struggle, and all of a sudden, the angel just pushed her like this, and she woke up. When she woke up, she slapped the pastor <laughs> that was praying for her. And so she said to us that heaven is far, far better and sweeter than this world. So if you leave this world and go to heaven, you'll be seeing the world like dustbin. Seeing the world like dustbin. So... For all of you who chase money, have you ever been mad before and they showed you the dustbin you used to eat something from? Uh, it's so bad because one day I saw two mad people rushing water from the gutter. This one was dragging the cup to scoop his water. And it was so disgusting before us because we had not in their wall. So the things they rush over is disgusting for us. And you need to get to a point in your life that what people are boast of Unbelievers are boast of 
is something that is so disgusting before you because you people are not in the same world. And you need to get into a point in your life that you repent and you tell some people how bad and dirty those things were because you have one spin in that dustbin. When you see some of the mad people rushing over some old and decayed food in the dustbin, that's the same way people in heaven are seeing people who are rushing over cars, rushing over credentials, and rushing over opportunities. They sleep for people to get a job, and you don't even understand that that is like rushing a soured food and a decayed bread. You're just rushing over those things. And everybody who is sensible and anybody who understands how perishing the things of the world are and how the things of the world will perish away. I've seen people who were so rich in the times of old become too poor after they have been dead and their house being sold to other people. I've seen people who were so rich, they died and they had nothing. Life is so changing that the only thing somebody has to hold on to and be proud of is only Christ because Christ is the only thing that is unchanging. Every other things will change. I don't care how beautiful the clothes that you're wearing is. 25 years from now, your children will look at the pictures that we are busy snapping in Refiner City today and will be laughing at us because it will all become an old school and an old fashion and it will look like the people who wore those things never had sense. And so in heaven, when things are bad, they throw it down. The first guy who became bad and condemned in heaven was Lucifer. So since he just committed a sin, in heaven there is no time for repair. They believe that before you get here, you must have been repaired. So since there's no time for repair, when Lucifer committed sin, they have to throw him to the dustbin. They threw him back. They threw him out because there, there is no repairs. There's no repairs there. But in the world that we are into, this is village. So we don't have times to produce things. There is no industry in the village. So anything we find ourselves doing, we have to do it with all our hearts. And we try to see how far we can mend the things that we have so that we can keep it for a little while until we leave this place. Okay, now let me go back to the teaching again because it's very, very interesting that you can understand that in village, one of the things that we do is that if you need something, you don't just buy everything. If you need something, you plans the things you need and this is very very interesting in heaven everything is already in place but in the world if you need something you plant it that is why when jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray he said to them you need to pray that it is done in earth the same way it is done in heaven and he made mention of you shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass which means if you don't plant it you won't have a seed so anything you want you need to speak it out if you want some good things, you need to pray about it. If you want a good wife, you need to pray about it. If you need something that is good, you need to pray about it. If you need God to give you a peaceful home, you need to pray about it. It's so, so unfortunate that sometimes we fold our hands and sit down in the wall and expect things to happen like we have prayed when we haven't prayed. We fold our hands and sit down and expect life to be normal as if we have prayed about it. So when things don't fall in place and when things are not normal, we blame God as if we have asked him to do it. How I wish I can talk to somebody. You start blaming God as if you have asked him to do it when you did not tell God to do anything about it. So we have to understand that whatever thing we need to get in this world, you have to plant it. And I'm very, very careful in life because the Bible says, don't be deceived because God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So from the time I heard the scripture, I have been so careful of the things I plant because I don't want to reap everything. 
I don't want to reap everything. I don't want to reap stubborn children who don't obey their father. And that is why I don't try to sow it. I don't want to reap people backbiting and saying negative things about me. I don't want, that's why I don't sow it. I don't want to reap somebody sleeping with my child when I am gone for work. When I go out for work, somebody who calls himself an uncle will be sleeping with my child. That's why I don't try to sow it. I try to select the things I want and sow them and the things I don't want, I don't try to sow them. Most of the times people are very, very careless that they live the way they like, expecting to reap something different from that. But the Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked to whatsoever thing a man soweth that shall he also reap. And the reason is because in village, everything you need, you plant it. Everything you need, you plant it. If you want life to be better, you have to start planting it. If you want life to be good, you have to plant it. If you need the presence of God, you need to plant it. You need to plant a seed of the presence of God. We are living in a world that people keep blaming God for everything. Somebody can be in church, live in sin, and when things are bad happening to him, he starts blaming God as if God was the one who set the structure for him. You have to understand that God has given you a farm and he has expected you to plant whatever thing you need. If you plant deceitfulness, that's what you are going to reap. And sometimes people say, why is wrong thing happening to good people? But they don't even understand that most times the people have planted it and one of the things the devil will have to do for every wrong seed that you have planted is that the devil will make sure that the wrong seed that you have planted has germinated. I have seen one stubborn mother who was stubborn when she was a child, shout on the stubborn child and told the child, I was not as stubborn as this old when I was growing up. And I told the woman, you didn't know that God will give to you pressed down, shaken together, running over of whatever thing you do. So we have to understand that in the village, whatever thing we need, we do what? How I wish I can talk to somebody. Whatever thing we need, we do what? We plant it. Another thing in the village is that whatever thing we need, we can borrow if we don't have. We can borrow. Pastor, what do you mean by borrowing? Borrowing is that if I see Pastor Emmanuel has a gift of praying prayers, he can pray for a long time, I can covet. The Bible says we can covet spiritual things. So if I see him have a gift of prophecy and I'm so eager for it, I can start praying and demanding God to give me what he has given to him and it will be given unto me. If I see somebody has a gift of healing and I need it, you can just start desiring for it and start praying for it and all of a sudden you start seeing yourself flowing in that dimension. Everything you need that you has not been given to you originally, you can just look at the person who has it and start desiring praying on your knees and asking God to give it to you. Before you know it, you start seeing yourself becoming what you've been praying for. Most of us don't even understand that one of the things that God do for us is that the moment we pray for something, if he doesn't answer the prayer that we are praying for, he makes us to become what we are praying for. Sometimes you're praying that God should send you a helper and all of a sudden God start blessing you for you to be a helper to yourself because God knows nobody can bless you enough than yourself. And this is what makes people depressed because sometimes when they have prayed for something and it's not happening, the thing that God has not answered their prayers, they don't understand that God had looked at your prayer request and he has checked that even if everybody was to give you one 1,000 naira every day, it won't still solve the problems that you have. And sometimes when somebody gives you too much, it now looks like you are indebted to him because he can now start controlling the church you go, control the things you do, control the house you go to and control everything about you. So what you have to do is that you have to start praying for yourself that God should make you who you have been praying to have in your life. 
And so most times when you're praying for a good husband, most times you need to also pause praying for a good husband and start praying, Lord, make me a good wife because good things attract good things also. Alright, so this is what happens in the village. We can actually borrow things. If we cannot get them, we can borrow things. I was looking at Noel Jones and uh, I admired when Noel Jones used to preach. And I started kneeling down for hours praying to God, Lord, give me the utterance like you gave to Noel Jones. Give me the utterance like you gave to Jamal Bryant. Before I knew it, I started seeing myself operate in that direction because of the principle of borrowing. You can really get something from somebody. You can just desire. You can just see me do very well in ministry. And you are sitting at your place and you say, how I wish I can be able to preach like that pastor the moment you start desiring you have the ability to have it because in the village that we are there is a room for burying there is a room for burying and the last thing about the village is that there is a room for repairs there's a room for repairs and so where we read told us that there is now therefore no condemnation for anybody that is in Christ Jesus and the place projects Jesus as a repairer because now the Bible says from now on I conclude to you that you cannot say there is something that is bad beyond repair if it has to do with Jesus, which makes Jesus a very good person in repairing things. Because most of those days, I remembered when we can give something to somebody and the person said, oh, it's condemned. You cannot repair it again. And you take it from the person and give it to another person and he repairs it very well. Have you ever seen something like that before? So Jesus said, I'm not like a school. School can repay somebody who was not very sound educationally. And the person becomes sound. That is not in the university. In the university, if you're not doing well, they send you back. They don't even mind your school fee. They told you that you're on probation. Who is on probation? Then you can better return back my school fees. Later on, they tell you we can advise you to withdraw. They never thought about how much you have paid. So now school has a limit to what he can repay on us. The hospital has limits to what he can repay because there are some tissues that are too bad and the hospitals can't do it until somebody has to donate his own kidney or somebody has to donate his one liver or heart or something. And so what happens is that you have to understand that there is a limit to what the hospital can repair. And there is also a limit to what the governments can repair. The government have been trying to repair Nigeria for some time, changing political parties to another political parties, changing the mood of government from military to civilian reign. They're thinking they can be able to repair the country. But the more they change things, the more things become worse because the only person that can be able to repair things is Christ. And if you get into a rough condition and your things are so bad, your father's marriage is not too well, your family is not too well, I want to introduce you to one repairer who can repay everything that you need. It doesn't matter how bad the things have been. Sometimes something has been so bad for some time and you abandon it for some time and keep it somewhere for some time and rain came fall on it for some time and the more it stays for that long time, it becomes bad and bad and bad and it becomes complicated. When you drop the phone, it had only a screen problem, but the more it stays, it now has developed to something else. Now the board has a problem also. The moment you take it to the Lord in prayer, he knows how to repay it. I've seen God give womb to somebody who had no womb. I've seen God give liver to somebody who had no liver. I've seen God repay kidney of somebody who was urinating every hour. I've seen somebody who had a chest pain and it looks like the chest was going to go off. I've seen the chest repaid because 
of the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen the brain tumor disappear. I've heard God repay people who had ulcer. I've heard all sort of things and that is because Jesus knows how to repay. I don't know how many of you are passing through dangerous situations and you think this problem I've prayed for it for too long a time. I think nobody can handle it. No doctor can handle it. My family is too bad. We can't handle it. Everything is too bad. We can't handle it. We don't know how to do it. We have consulted everybody. I've pleaded with my father to take back my mother. I've pleaded. My uncle have done that. The pastor have done that. We don't know how to repay this marriage. I came to introduce somebody to you who has repaired things that have been worse than that. His name is Jesus. He is a chief repairer. Sit down for a few minutes. One day Jesus was found on the road and he saw somebody and people started accusing the person. The person the Bible said he was born blind and when he was born blind, he has no capacity of seeing. And you know when somebody is born blind, it really means that he did not have any eyes in his eye socket. There was no eyes in his eye socket. Maybe some doctors can tell you that maybe while he was trying to form, the mother tried some things to abort the child. And so the heavy drugs the mother took had destroyed some of the cells in the body of the child. And now the child is born. And with all the things that the mother did, and with all the things that the woman swallowed, he didn't kill the child. But the child is born now. But now that the child is born, he's born deformed because the two eyes are not in the eye socket. And so the disciples have known this guy for too long. Maybe they have been in the same primary school with him. Maybe they were in youth service together with him. Or sometimes they were in the same secondary school with him. But they have known this guy for a long time. And since they have always eager to ask questions because they knew Jesus was soon going to go, they have been asking questions from Jesus. And this very day, as they were sitting with Jesus and Jesus was teaching them other things, they saw the guy come from afar and they told Jesus, hey, we have been wanting to ask you this. This guy never had any eyes in his eye socket because every time you heal somebody, what you like telling the person that you heal is go and see no more. So now when you tell somebody go and see no more, it now looks like it was the person's sin that led to his sickness. And so they told Jesus, we've caught you right now because you have to explain to us what made this person sick. Was it the sin of the father because you're always like, go and sin no more. Was it the father who committed the sin or the mother who committed the sin? Because we want to know an answer right now. And Jesus waved the answer and didn't even answer in their direction. He did not even go through the objective and pick any of the answers. He left the objective and found an answer that was not there in the options. He told them it wasn't even the father, which means the answer is not in your option. It was not even the mother or neither of any of the relatives. But this very trouble was here. For the will of God to prevail. For God's will to be demonstrated. It was here because God wanted to demonstrate what he can do. And what Jesus did was that he stood down. The Bible says he spat on the ground. And I'm trying to understand what he did by spitting on the ground. He poured saliva on the ground and started mixing some things. Because in earth there is some rooms for repairs. Is that mixing up some things? I've been an artist for some time, so I really know how to do molding. So sometimes he poured the saliva down and he started molding an eye socket from the ground. He molded an eye socket from the ground. And he came close to the guy and fixed it up in the eyes and molded another one and fixed it up. And he told the guy, go to the stream and wash the sun off and you'll find the eyes inside. And the moment the guys left, the people asked him a question. And he said, I came to do the works of my father. What is the work of the father? You go back to Genesis right now. The work of the father was that in Genesis, the father stood down and molded man from nothing. He molded. So now, since there was... Since there was 
Habashataya. Since, since there was something wrong with somebody that the father built and somebody that the father manufactured, Jesus had to become a repairer because he understands where those tissues are found. Come on. Nigerian repairing places are very funny because they don't repair back in Nigeria. They don't repair motorcycle. All they do is changing of parts. They do changing of parts. They don't really repair anything. Who told you they repair something? The last thing they repaired was rewinding of coil. And that's not repairs. They change parts. And Jesus knows where the parts are. And even if the part cannot be reached, he can get to the ground and mold some new parts and fix it to somebody whose father has started to be accused. Sometimes what you're going through is too much that they have started accusing using your uncle for the fact that you are not graduating. But I know of somebody that can bisect your uncle and leave the other side and move something from nowhere. I don't care whether your brain cannot catch what you are calculating or your brain is not good in calculation. I know a man who can mold down some things and mold some brain into your head and make somebody who was not intelligent to become intelligent because you are not too bad beyond repairs. You're not too bad beyond repairs. I know somebody that if he touches you, he can change somebody who was a smoker and make him to become a preacher. I know somebody who can just lay hands on you and just change your life from a prostitute into an evangelist. I know somebody that if you just give him a chance and tell him, Jesus, walk in my life. My life has been so much disgrace to me. I need you to walk in my life. I know somebody. Who can walk on you and change who you are. Who can just change all your internal life. He can decide to change everything about you until somebody who used to know how bad you were. Is now going to be the person who's testifying for you. Because he will know that things are different now. Something has happened to you. Because Jesus has repaid your life. And so my concern today is that... uh, when you have to discover that Jesus can repay somebody, it's not just that he can repay the brain, it's not just that he can repay the kidney, it's not just that he can repay the heart, it's not just that he can repay the health, it's not just that he can repay any of the external stuff, or repay some things in school, or repay the job that wasn't paying well, or repay the business, but Jesus can repay individual life, because the most greater thing in your life is your life. Your life is the most valuable thing you ever have. In fact, let me tell you something. Your life is more valuable than your credentials. I saw a lady who was crying so much that her results weren't good. And when I saw her and I was thinking of what to tell her because she was crying so bitterly. And what God said to me, I should tell her was that you are not like your results. And the next thing I told her was you are better than your results. And the simple truth is that if you check history, you can see and discover that there were so many people in life who have become something great, but they had once missed out in school. They weren't very good in school. And now if you want to judge yourself based on the result that is in front of you, then your result is going to limit you to what the devil wants to keep for you. I don't know if I can tell you something about Soyinka. Soyinka was in university in Nigeria and couldn't do very well because he had a third class. When he had a third class, he was sent out, graduated with a third class. He was studying philosophy and when he left the country, he went to go and study abroad and wanted to do a master's in his course. So when he wanted to do a master in his course, one of the things he needed to study was African philosophy. And when he was trying to study African philosophy, the books he had to read was The Lion and the Jewel. And he was presented a lion on the jewel and he was to read it because this book talks about African philosophy. And now he picked the book and laughed at the lecturer and told the lecturer, I wrote this book when I was in secondary school. 
I wrote the book when I was in secondary school. And the man said to me, what do you mean? He said, this is the book I read. And you can't teach me my book. I can't be under the school with my book is being thought and I be under the school. So the school had to get into investigation. They had to go back to his secondary school. They have to check who was the principal. As I did, they have to check and bring out the pictures where the book was launched and the pictures were taken. And they have to award him for merits. And you don't even need to be in the same school where your book is being taught. And this is the same guy who left with a third class. If you had limited yourself for the things that the devil put in front of you, you will really lose everything in life. You have to understand that Jesus is the only one who can repay us and can pick us from nothing to something. It doesn't matter how bad your past is when you are in the hands of the repairer. I want you to trust the repairer to repay you to suit his standard because now the more the repairer is exposed, the more he wants to repeat that thing to suit his standard. He doesn't even want the thing to suit any other person's standard. He wants the thing to suit his standard. So when things don't happen to you when you want it, it looks like the repairer is still repairing something. And some repairers spend more time repairing something and they don't even want to give it to the owner because they want to drive this thing and know if it is functional enough before they give it out. So some people who are not married yet it's not because you're not beautiful. The repairer wants to ride you first he wants to write you first before he hand you over to any other person he wants to deal with you first he wants to use you first and most of you who wants God to bless you first before you work for him you can be wasting your time because the repairer wants to drive the things he has been repairing and not just that God can repair external stops alone but he can repair human life I have seen somebody who was a criminal Ha, let me tell you something about Duncan Williams. Duncan Williams was actually staying in the airport. And what he was doing at the airport is that sometimes he can steal some boxes from people who are coming into the town. He can steal some gold because he was an agro. And uh, he was doing a criminal kind of life. But one day the repairer arrested him. The repairer arrested him. He didn't even go to school. He was not an educated person. But one day he met the repairer. I remember a few days ago I was watching a video and Benson Dowser, our bishop, was talking about Duncan Williams. And he was preaching in the same place the pastor Duncan Williams had finished preaching in the U.S. So Duncan Williams preached two days after that. Benson Dowser went to conclude the program. So he was telling the church, he said, did you listen to Duncan Williams? They said, yes. Were you really blessed when he was preaching? They said, yes. And he said to them, when the guy flew in from Ghana down to Nigeria... To learn in his Bible school. He was unable to speak English. And so one day he had to call them up and ask questions in English. It was just because the guy had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with God and he was so intoxicated. And he wanted to be a pastor even when he could not speak English. So he came to the Bible school and just wanted to save God. Because the most outstanding preacher as a then was Archbishop Benson Idahosa. So he went to him and was studying. So the man said he asked him a question in English language. He told him, come on, stand up. And he gave him a question in English language. And the man could not reply in English. He just stood up. And he could not answer in English because he did not understand. And he told him, you will stand there until you 
were able to answer my question. And the man said, the young man started speaking in tongues. He spoke in tongues. And he said, you're speaking in tongues. I'm asking you a question. You're speaking in tongues. That's where you're going to be standing. And he started speaking in tongues. But that same man is the man that has preached in White House now. That same man is the man that has preached in all the pulpits. That man is the same man that if he preaches, you can't even spot out one mistake in this grammar because it is not the school that repays somebody. It is the Holy Ghost that repays somebody. That is why you need to put yourself in the hands of the Lord and let him walk on you, my friend. It's not enough praying for witches and wizards to die. It is time to pray for yourself. There is something that must change in you. I need a repairer to walk on my life because I know I'm not bad enough for repairs. I need a repairer to deal with me and change some things about me because I'm not bad enough for repairs. I know if he hold my hands, he can lift me up to the place he wants to lead me to. How I wish I can talk to 15 people in this hall who said I need the repairer's hand on my life. I need the repairer's hand on my life to change the way things are. I'm getting ready to close right now. I need the repairer's hand on my life to change the way I think because most times I want to read the Bible and sometimes I find most of my heart thinking about something else. I need a repairer to repair my brain. Somebody here need a repairer to repair their mindset because sometimes you're focusing on your book to read and all you think about is somebody to sleep with. A repairer needs to work on your brain. And change some things about you. Change some things about you. There's a guy at Delta State many years ago. His name is called Pastor Kayode. When he gave his life to Christ, Innovation Magazine, he was writing something. Something very critical in Innovation Magazine. And the Innovation needed to put it at the front page of the paper. And what he wrote was, how I killed 700 people, Pastor Kayode. And they asked him, what do you mean? He said when he had an encounter with Jesus, what he needed to do was that he had to move down to the police station and tell the police station I was a criminal I was an armed robber I have killed people up to 700 people I want to be arrested I have had an encounter with God when you have an encounter with God you will not be afraid of anything when you have an encounter with God you will not be afraid of what people will do to you when you have an encounter with God you will not be afraid of what God's group will do to you you will just wake up one morning and move out of the God's group and not minding what anybody will say because Jesus is the only one that can repay. And I think the church should stop condemning people who have done something bad because this is the house of the repairer. They didn't come here to be condemned. They came here to be walked on. When we come to the church, we come to the repairer. A man who can repair an armed robber until he becomes a preacher. When we come to the house of God, we come to the house of God until God can throw out the Indian hymn that we smoke and make us who he wants us to be. Somebody has to come to the house of the repairer and say, take my life and make it be consecrated unto thee. You get to get to the point where you tell God, I wanted to work on my life. I want to be better than how I used to be. I can repeat every year the same level of system. I want you to work on me because I'm, I'm very sure. I'm not bad beyond repairs. I'm not bad beyond repairs. I've seen people who are more worse in sin than me. But you have repaired them. And Lord, I need you to repair my life. Are you always excited that whenever people talk about you, they talk negative things about you. They talk about people that you have raped. They talk about people that you have stolen something from. They talk about people that you have dealt with. Somebody's husband that you have slept with. They talk about the negative things that you have done. They don't even remember any good thing that you have done. If God handles you and tries to repay you, He will change every negative things about you until your life starts making meaning. He can change you. He can mold you. He can raise you up. 
He can brush you. He can lift you up. He can put you on a showcase, lift up your price, and make you to be highly favored. I'm not bad beyond repairs. I'm not bad beyond repairs. I'm talking to more than 50 people in this hall whose God has touched their heart right now. Who said, God, I need you to repay my life. I have I've gotten into too many bad things. I need you to repay my life. I need you to repay my soul. I need you to just change some things about me, Lord Jesus. If you can repay Saul. Let me tell you a few things about Saul because I'm getting ready to close right now. Saul was so bad until he was so bad until nobody could approach him for preaching. Nobody could preach to him because he was so bad. He was so bad and he was a notorious. He was known for his evil. Let me tell you more things about Saul. He doesn't kill one person. He specializes in killing people in groups. So a church can be gathering like this and he will lock all the doors, put a foil inside and just burn everything. Saul had killed evangelists. He had killed pastors. He had killed apostles. In fact, it was there when they stoned Stephen to death. He collected the clothes of Stephen and hold it with his hands. And so when the guy died, he was there. He was heartless. This guy doesn't have heart. He can hold the clothes of somebody and look at the person. Until they stone the person down to death. He had to allow them stone Stephen to death. And he moved down to Stephen and confirmed he had really died. Before he left. It was so bad. Let me tell you something. Saul went into the school to study the laws of Moses. So that he can have the facts to fight against Christians. So the reason why he went to school was to become an enemy of the believers. But one day when he was thinking he was going to do his job very well. When he thought he had more opportunity to give the way he liked. He made a repairer on the road. And sometimes one of the things I like about a repairer is that. When a repairer wants to repair somebody. Sometimes he can use a hammer to hit on something he wants to repair. How I wish I can talk to somebody right now. He can hit on something. I like panel beaters. When you see a panel beater beating on your car, you will think that they are wounding your car. You don't know that they are trying to repair the car. And most times when I see the things that is going on in my life, I try to ask God, God, are you trying to kill me? He said, no, I'm trying to repair you. I'm trying to repair you because sometimes a repairing process looks like a destruction process. And so since you don't understand, sometimes you can think, maybe God wants to destroy me. And you don't even understand, He's trying to repay me. When He gets some things off from you, and make some people not to love you the way they used to love you. And some boys who used to sponsor you, no longer sponsor you. He retrieves some people from you. You think He wants to destroy you. You don't even understand, He's trying to repay you. And so the repairer came with a hammer that day, and knocked him down from the vehicle. And he lied down on the floor. And some of the repairers come with a torchlight. How many of you have seen a repairer before? And he's trying to repair the bonnet of a car. And he puts a torchlight so that he can see something very well. That day, Jesus was with a torchlight. He lighted it on Saul while he was trying to repay him. And the light entered his eyes. And he fell on the floor. And when he fell on the floor, he asked him, Who are you that I'm betraying? Who are you that I'm trying to destroy? Who are you that I'm persecuting? He said, I am Jesus. The one you've been trying to deal with. But don't worry, I didn't come to kill you. I didn't come to kill you. I came to repay your life. By the time the repairer finished with him, people never understood the former name again. They had to remove S from his name and put P. The S stood for a sinner. So his name was no more a sinner, but his name was a preacher. So they had to change from A's. 
and they put B and makes it Paul no more Saul because he had had a contact he has had a contact with a repairer I need to lift up your hands right now because God said to me you are talking to 90 people who are not bad beyond repairs everybody think you are an occultist they feel you are too bad they feel you are a thief they feel you are a bad person they feel that you are so bad they never knew that this morning you are going to come into the house of the repairer and the repairer listen the repairer is not judging you the repairer doesn't look for something to laugh at you the more your work is critical the more it reveals the power of the repairing anointing that the repairer has so if you have a dangerous case the dangerous case is not a threat before the repairer the dangerous case is to reveal to the repairer that he is the repairer that's why some of us when people look at our life and see how we are living right now and remember how we used to live they lift up their hands and glorify our repairer who is up there in heaven I don't know how many people I'm talking to you have sold your life you have spoiled your life you have gotten into courtism you have gotten into prostitution you have lived the way you like you have just destroyed your life you have been having boyfriends and girlfriends you are doing anything you like with your life you are not sexually pure because you sleep with anybody that you like or some of you you have not even gone that bad but you have just one boyfriend and you commit sex once in a while but you don't even understand that your presence of God has left and your presence of God has left you and you are all by yourself you cannot do anything for God but today I came to announce to you that there is a repairer you are in the hands of the repairer right now. He's about to repair you. I want you to close your eyes, everybody, wherever you are. Close your eyes. Lay your hands on your chest as we sing a song again. Draw me nearer. Blessed Lord. To the cross. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Blessed Lord. The more you draw me nearer the more you can repay me faster. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But God said there are people who are in there whose case is an emergency. Everybody to close their eyes. God said to me, You're talking to some people right now whose case is an emergency. And these people say, God, I know you have too many people to repair this morning, but I want you to deal with my matter first before you deal with any other person's matter. I want you to work on me first. My case is an emergency, Lord. And those are the people I want to talk to right now because God wants you to just leave wherever you are and come down to the altar right now. If you need a repairer to work on your life, your case is such an emergency. You just need to rush, rush down to the altar right now as we sink. Draw me nearer to the place where you have found me. As we open our mouths and sing that song. For people who get Lord, my case is an emergency. I need you every hour. Can you open your mouth and say, draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Whose case is an emergency right now? Shut 
look and say, Lord, I'm not bad beyond repairs. My family have thrown me away. Everybody thinks I'm destroyed. I'm condemned. Everybody feels I'm too bad. But Lord Jesus, I want to come to you right now. Everybody feels I'm too bad, but I'm coming to you right now. The altar is still open. I need you to run down to the altar right now. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling. I need you to come to the altar right now. Wherever you are, I need you to move down to the altar right now. Jesus is calling. Dreams and vision shout out. You are broken inside. You're broken inside. You don't know what to do. You don't to stay. You don't need to stay where you are. In the shape that you need. I want to tell you that the porter is in this house. The porter The repairer is in this house. To put you back together again. The repairer wants. Oh, the part I want The repair I want to put to you put back To put you back Together again I don't know how many people I'm talking to God wants you to come back Hold on for a minute God wants somebody to come out There are about five more people that God is stroking your heart right now God is talking to you right now God is talking to you right now You know you need to come to the altar God is talking to you right now He's touching you I don't need you to be ashamed of anybody. If anything happens to you, nobody will really care so much. They'll post your picture on timeline for just two days. And after that, they'll remove your picture on the timeline. And you'll be gone. You'll be dead. But there's one man that can repair people that are forgotten. We don't pray for people who are bad people here to die. We repay them that are bad. I need you right now to move down to the altar. There are still more three people there. God is stroking you. God is knocking at the door of your heart. God is calling you right now. I don't need you to be ashamed of anybody. Move down to the altar. The repairer wants to fix you back again. Move down to the altar. Don't be ashamed of anybody. It is just between you and your repairer. Everybody see you to be bad. Everybody see you to be corrupt. Everybody see you to be somebody so bad. But you want to reach out to a repairer. You want to reach out to a repairer. You want Jesus to repair you. You want him to walk on you again. I'm seeing preachers. From people that they thought they were going to be prostitutes. I'm seeing preachers. Situation Move out. Hashtag upside down. I need to pray for yourself as you're standing over here. In all that you have completed. Lay your hands on your chest and start praying for yourself. It's now on the ground. And your prayer point is, Lord, repay me. You then have to stay. Lord, repay me. In the shape that you need Lord repay me Lord Jesus the part of work to put you back together again Lord repay me Jesus Lord Jesus repay me Lord repay me the brother's house the brother's house house Give him the fragment of your heart. 
yourself right now. Those ones standing at the altar need you to just put your hands on your chest and start praying for yourself. Those ones at the altar need you to pray for yourself. You've been praying, but I want you to pray for yourself right now. Pray for yourself right now. Keep praying for yourself. God is touching somebody's heart. Somebody here, God is amending your heart right now. You have lost a human heart. You have started having a heart of an animal. You no longer have pity and sympathy for human life. Because they don't worry, I'm going to walk on the hearts right now. I've seen the hearts. I've seen the hearts. I'm walking on the hearts right now. I'm returning back to him the heart of a human being. Prepare ones to put you back. The devil has been trying to destroy your future for some time. The devil has been trying to destroy who God wants you to be. But thank God for the repairer. Thank God for the repairer. Thank God for the repairer. He's walking on your heart right now. It's working on your heart right now. It's working on your life right now. Am I a shatter that I lay hands on your chest? Close your eyes, lay hands on your chest. I'm praying for you right now. I'm seeing God repairing somebody's life. Your life is going to change 360 degrees. It's going to change from what it used to be before. You're going to have a general turnaround. Somebody listening to me. God said, I'm about to change you. I've been waiting for you for a long time. God said, you have been created to be a king. You'll be created to be a great person. I've been waiting for you to come to my presence. God said, I'm about to change you. Somebody listening to me. And you've been thinking, will God ever forgive me? God said, I have forgiven you. I'm about to change you. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes, everybody. Wherever you are, I need you to point your hands to these people right now. Hand them over to the repairers. As the angels around this place right now, touching people's life. In case you're still there and you know you need a repairer in your life, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. I don't want you to be ashamed of anything. I don't want you to be so mindful of the places and the people that are around you. I just want you to leave that place right now and join us right now because... I'm going to introduce you to my repairers. My repairer, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who worked on my life. I'm sure if he worked on me, he can work on you. 
I'm sure if you can work on soul, it can work on you. I don't know how many of you are still listening to me. You know you need a repair in your life. Your life is going too bad. I need you to right now locate the altar right now. Jesus is repairing somebody. Life right now. I need you to right now come right down to the altar. Jesus needs you. You cannot wait until the devil destroy you. You cannot wait until the devil destroy your life. You need Jesus. Lay your hands on your chest if you are here. Start speaking. All you need to say is, Lord, repair me. All, all you need to say is, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Everybody feel I'm too bad. Everybody say negative things about me. Lord, change me. Change me, Lord. 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 You have two more minutes to pray. Two more minutes. Two more minutes. God is working on somebody's life right now. God is working on somebody's life. Somebody you're here listening to me. You have been initiated. God said I'm destroying the power of that initiation right now. You have been initiated. God said I'm destroying the power of that initiation now. I'm destroying the power of that initiation right now. I'm destroying the power of that initiation right now. I'm destroying. I don't know who I'm talking to but God said I'm destroying the power of that initiation. I'm destroying the power. I'm destroying. I'm destroying one, two. God said, I'm destroying the power of that initiation right now. I'm destroying it. 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 All of us are together. The power ones. God said I'm destroying it I'm destroying I'm destroying one more minute you have one more minute you have one more minute there is no one more minute. Okay, one more minute, one more minute. I'm giving you one more minute. I was sick of another. There is no power. There is no Lord Jesus make me an offering Lord make me whatever Lord whatever thing you want me to be Lord make me a vessel Lord Jesus my prayer make me an offering Whatever thing is in your mind, Lord. You want me to be, Lord. You want me to be, Lord. You want me to be, Lord. 
fear with nothing. But all that you've given unto me. So Jesus. everybody that is standing at the altar everybody wherever you are in this world lift up your hands lift up your hands I'm praying for you right now as you're lifting up your hands as you're lifting up your hands I destroy every spirit of initiation right now you that have been initiated to the kingdom of darkness you that have been initiated to an occultic group you that have been initiated into something bad something the devil initiated you to they promised to make you a queen you 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 that person right now you, 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 you have stayed with a cultist group for a long time. You've been so bad for a long time. I destroyed that spirit of cultism now, now, now. This minute, I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost destroyed that power right now. You that was initiated into witchcraft, every night you find yourself flying. I destroyed that power of witchcraft now. I destroyed that power of witchcraft now, now, now. Holy Ghost, you are the only one that can repay. You're the only one that can repay. You that find yourself stealing even things that you have. Things you can buy. You find yourself stealing. The demon of stealing has so much entered into you. That he wants to disgrace you everywhere. I destroy that spirit now. I destroy that demon now. You that person. Struggling with masturbation. I destroy that spirit of masturbation now. You demon of masturbation. Get out. Leave that person right now. Leave that lady right now. Leave her right now. Leave her right now. Leave her right now. You that spirit of violence. Leave that brother now. Spirit of violence. Leave, leave, leave. Get out of that brother now. You that spirit of lesbianism. Homosexuality. Leave that person now. You that demon, leave him now, leave him now. Leave her now, leave her now. You that demon of prostitution. Demon of prostitution. Demon of prostitution. Demon of fornication. Demon of fornication. Demon of fornication. Get out. Get out. Get out. I command you now. Leave that body. Leave that person right now. You that demon of depression I bind you right now in the name of Jesus You that demon of idolatry Somebody you are listening to me right now Listen, listen Somebody you are listening to me right now you are still with something that the Habalist gave to you. You are with something a Juju priest gave to you. You are listening to me right now. You are with something that a Juju priest gave to you for protection. God wants to deliver you from that bondage. God wants to deliver you from that bondage. When you leave this place, find a way and see me. Drop that Juju something, that ring. Give it back to me. Let me burn it. God wants to deliver you. Something that you have. There's something that you have. A Juju priest gave it to you. Something that you don't need. 
God wants to deliver you from that. God said, I am a repairer. I repay you. How many people look at you and wish to be like you? Lift up your hands. I'm praying for you right now. Father, thank you. How blessed you giving it for us. I thank you for giving us your life. Lift up your hands up. Wherever you are, lift your hands up. Everybody in this church, lift your hands up. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Oh, glory to God. I've been, I've seen angels right now moving to the house. And I'm asking them, what do you want to do? Angels say, we want to take away some kidney that have had a problem. We want to take away hearts that has a problem. We want to take away parts of the body that has a problem. Every part of the body that has a problem. Every part of the body that needs repair right now. God is about to heal you. I see angels. I'm not even hearing anybody in this church. I see angels healing people from sicknesses that have been a long time. I've seen angels into this house right now. I've seen them take away the bad parts and replace it with a good part. Somebody here, somebody here listening to me under the sound of my voice, you'll be too healed and it will look like you've never been sick before. I don't know who I'm talking to. God said, I'm healing their soul and I'm healing their body too. Somebody listening to me, things have become so rough in your life. God said, I'm changing things over for your sake. I'm changing things over for your sake. I'm turning things over for your sake. I don't know who I'm talking to. God said, I'm turning things over for your sake. I'm turning. Who am I talking to? God said, I'm turning things over. I'm turning things over for your sake. I need to pay attention to me right now. Lord, for the people that are here, they need to surrender their life to you, Lord Jesus, as their hands are lifted up. As their hands are lifted up above their head right now. I decree that you take their life and let it be consecrated unto you. I decree that the hands lifted up will be used in this life. I decree that people shall look at them, Lord, and they shall testify of the goodness of the Lord upon their life. I decree that their life will be an example to everybody that wants to know how powerful God is. I decree that you are changed this minute. I decree that God has changed your life this minute. In the name of Jesus. Just one lifting up your hands. I need to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my hands. Be my Lord Jesus. Be my Savior. Transform me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Repay me, Lord. Make me, Lord. Feel me, Lord. Heal me, Lord, and make me who you want me to be. Lord Jesus, I reject every condemnation of the enemy. I want the Lord Jesus to make me who you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together as you go back to your place right now. I thought you wanted to clap your hands together for Jesus.